Hi everyone and welcome to episode 7 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. Again, this week we're recording this podcast from our base here in the Dinga Peninsula in the beautiful county of Kerry. I hope you all had a lovely and enjoyable week since our last podcast and I hope you are starting to get out and about again that bit more. If this is your very first time listening to an Inside View podcast, we really, really appreciate if you go back to episode 1 and have a listen. Please do rate, review and tell your friends about an Inside View podcast. It's now time to welcome this week's guest to an Inside View podcast and we are delighted to be joined by two guests this week. The Kelly sisters, Grace and Eve, who hail from the My Devils Club in the County of Mayo. The Kelly sisters joined Australian Football League women's side West Coast Eagles for the 2020 season that was unfortunately cut short due to COVID-19. Grace and Eve were the third and fourth players from Mayo to make the move down under. Following the footsteps of Cora Staunton, who was with the Greater Western Sydney Giants, and Colin Woodstar, Sarah Rowe. Hi, Grace and Eve. Welcome to an Inside View podcast. Uh, how are you keeping during these difficult times? Yeah, not too bad. Um, we, um, we're here about two, two and a half months now. We just came back from Australia there in April time. And we had to go into quarantine together there for two weeks. So um, we didn't kill each other. We didn't, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we did divide up the house there for um, for two weeks. So we were in one half of the house and mom and dad were the other house, the other side. And we had a big table in the middle of the house and mom would come with the food. <laughs> back. So yeah, we actually enjoyed those two weeks. So we just cook ourselves now. So. <laughs> Very good. Things um, are kind of returning to normal a small bit. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad now. So clubs are back. So um, it's good to be out and about and seeing the girls again. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to getting back into it. And how was lockdown for you? Um, you mentioned there that you're in quarantine for, for two weeks, you know, when you came back from, from Australia. We say after that, how did you find the training and the mental side of it? Because it was definitely testing. Yeah, I suppose, um, you know, we were all in the same boat. So, um, you know, we we were in quarantine, yeah, for two weeks, but the weather was actually so good. So we were able to kind of get out and um, I went on a few runs and that. And then we have a bit of a gym in the garage as well. So we were able to, you know, still kind of keep up our fitness levels and do stuff in the gym. So it wasn't too bad, really. And then we had good communication with the girls in the group. Um, you know, we haven't been able to meet any of them really yet but like it's, it's been good like to the, the whatsapp groups are great like and then we've all been doing the same running in the same gym as well so yeah it's been pretty good like we've met the most out of a bad enough situation so um yeah we're all in the same boat but it's great that football is coming back again this year it is, it is. tell us what your underage career um yeah so we both um we started down in Moidavit at our local club when we were about probably about six years old um playing Gaelic, um, we played soccer, basketball, but Irish dancing. Um, we played a lot of different sports and then um, we actually played with the boys um, for Gaelic right up until under 14 and then my dad has got a women's team then so um, yeah we played competitively probably more so soccer and Gaelic and then when it got to about under 16 level we chose to pursue Gaelic further um, because I suppose the demands of, of Gaelic at senior level was you know it was they were expecting a lot more from you and like even like physical demands on the body as well you just couldn't keep the two going the soccer and the Gaelic so uh, we went into the senior squad um, I think I was 15 and Grace was 16 
and Grace was under 16, but for the first year, I wasn't, no, I was under 15. Yeah, 15, yeah. So I couldn't play for the first year because I was too young. So I just trained with the senior squad and then for the next year, then I was able to play. So um, yeah, it was good to, good to get going. We are about 15, 16 and then we, yeah, we played right through now and with the seniors then. Well, it's, uh, so you, you, you started, you started very young. Um, and was there a minor team and under 21 team or was it just straight into seniors? There was a minor team. There was no under 21 team at the time. But actually, one of the years there, there was, they tried out the under 21 competition. Um, but it only went ahead for one or two years. Yeah, year after we left, I think. I yeah. yeah, under 22, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. But um, yeah, there was minors at the time and a few of the minors um, trained with the seniors then. So. Um, yeah, it was just the minors then. We played a lot of school as well growing up too. Um, so I think we got we had good role models. I think growing up, like we just good teachers as well that you know um, kept pushing us hard and you know learned a lot from them as well. So um, yeah, we have a lot to be thankful for for our teachers as well. Very good. Very good. So I suppose on that point, who would you say was the biggest influence on your career to date? Um, I'd say we have two uncles that just live across the road, um, my mum's two brothers. And when we were younger, like we used to play soccer and go to trainings and Gaelic and all of that, to go to the school trainings and everything, but nothing was as good as playing outside in the backyard with them two. <laughs> Literally, I um, lost We idolised them. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah, we used to just want to do everything like they... We wanted to play like them. We loved their playing styles. Like, um, like my one of them is a left footer. I remember when I was a young girl, I was like, I'm naturally right footed, but I just kept kicking with my left, and now I'm more comfortable kicking with my left because of him. So oh. I'd say definitely our two uncles, um, are our biggest role models. And even like her brother as well. Like we spent yeah. with him too, and I remember just copying everything he was doing when I was smaller as well. So I think like our family, to be honest, I, like we're a big GA family, so. Yeah, probably our uncles and, and brothers and John just learn a bit from them and we were playing rugby I remember in the garden as well. <laughs> but um yeah, just uh yeah, they've had a big influence on it. And do you think uh, on that point that you know you played different sports growing up and you played with you know your your uncles and you played with you know, um older players the way you said there, you started playing senior at at fifteen, sixteen. Do you think that benefited you throughout you're playing career so far and, and making that leap across to, to Australian football as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think when you're a child, it's so important to like play everything, like a mix of everything because they like Irish dancing. We used to love Irish dancing. Like that's how we got good at catching high balls, jumping up in the air um, and fitness levels, everything. So you, and for soccer, let's say we were forward. So you need to be good. Um, or agility wise and fast um, so for children I'd say to try out every sport when you're younger and then get a feel for it um, but yeah definitely playing with the seniors at a young age um, like the first few years when you're transitioning into it um, you know it takes a while so by the time we were in our 20s we were well able for senior then so yeah I'd say it definitely definitely helped every year you get better like and you you learn more so um, yeah, I can't believe I'm 10 years with the senior team now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, just hit me there. <laughs> and onto the, the college football then, um, 
just off air there we were talking, you were saying both of you went to St. Pat's, but there is that famous photo of the O'Connor Cup final. Yeah. Uh, one of you were, Grace, I think, was wearing the UL jersey. Do you want to discuss right. how, how that happened? <laughs> Yeah, so um, well, I was in Pats, but for the last year, DCU uh, took St. Pats over, so we had the opportunity to play with DCU. So we were playing against UL in the finals. So um, I remember it was, it was actually Mother's Day, and I remember Mom in the crowd. <laughs> and anytime I got the ball, she was shouting for me, and anytime Grace got the ball, she was shouting for her. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was a really tight game. It was, it was only a point in it in the end. Um, but I remember, like, even Ashley Maloney, like, our captain at the time, she, I remember she got a yellow card, and we saw her going off. You, you went ahead, and then she came back on. She got a point. We ended up winning by a point. Yeah. But it was such a tight game. Gosh, it was just such a weird feeling. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah. like, both of us were forwards. I was wing forward and Grace was corner forward. So we didn't really, like, meet each other on the, on the pitch that much. Um, but saying that, like, anytime she had Grace at the ball, I, I still wanted her to score, even though... We were against each other. I was like, I don't know. It was just a weird feeling. I was the opposite. I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> and Grace, how did you end up in in UL? Did you do your masters there, or, or what was the setup? Yeah, so I did a one year masters in UL in um, sports performance because um, I was just sports mad. I wanted to do something related to it. So um, yeah, I spent a year in UL, and I was lucky enough to in the O'Connor Cup team as well so because in Pats we played in the, all the other divisions we played um, the, Donahue. the Donaghy the Giles and the, the Lynch Cup so we were winning kind of the whole way up um, by the time we, we got to O'Connor I was gone from Pats so it was great to get playing that one as well so really? yeah definitely a surreal, surreal experience I say talking out against each other and uh, yeah. You know, you, you would have known a lot of those girls as well. Uh, you know, Grace from, from being part of the Andre setup yeah. in, inside there. What was it like leading up to that game? Did you communicate? I sent you a text the night before, I remember. Yeah. And I told you to play your best, I remember. And, I mean, I yeah. told her it's uh, not their best. <laughs> 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 it was weird, actually, because um, like when you go to the Connor Cup, it's an O'Connor Cup weekend. So we didn't actually yeah. think the week leading up to it that we'd be. That we would meet, yeah. we thought there was a possibility that we could, but um, that was dependent on if we won all the other games. So um, when we both won the semi-finals, um, yeah, just, just overnight then, yeah, yeah, it was probably good in a way. We didn't have too much time to think about it. Um, I think Mam was more, um, <laughs> she was more, I think, nervous than the two of us together, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Very good, very good, and I suppose. My next question is kind of answered already, but um, you come from a very strong J family, and I suppose I I've heard somewhere along the line that your first cousin Stephen Kelly was hand, was handing off the old football before. Has he been an influence on your your life? Oh, huge! Um, yeah, he's he's funny. Um, he played when he was younger, all right, um, and he goes on about how great he was with the school team, I think. <laughs> but yeah, we used to play a bit with him over in our granny's house. Yeah, yeah, we still yeah messing up with fields and that. Um, but yeah, we'll have to take, give him some credit. We have some skills from him as well. <laughs> when did the breakthrough into the Mayo Senior set up happen for the Waterview? Um, 
Yeah, I think I was 15 and Grace was 16. So what year was that? Uh, probably... 10 years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I interpreted yeah, it wrong earlier on. I thought it was when you started playing club football, it was 15. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, sorry, the Mayo team, yeah. Um, but we played underage, um, under 12, under 14, under 16, and minor first. And then that's kind of how we got into the, the senior setup as well. And what, you were 15, 16, into the, going into the senior Mayo setup? Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was it was good to get exposed to like that level at a young age too because you knew then what was expected of you I suppose but um yeah no it was we did a good young team there we did a mix of young and experienced yeah. at that age as well so it was good to see what was expected of you at that age yeah it must have been quite a surreal walking into the dressing room with the likes of Cora Staunton and a few of those uh, stalwarts of the game you know yeah, at, at, at fifteen. Yvonne Byrne used to collect us um, going to training all the time. So, like, we were only 15, 16, and, like, all the time she collected us here at the house. And yeah, she's like a little mummy. She was like her mummy. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, she was very good to us. And, yeah, she's just a legend. <laughs> and so when did you start breaking onto the, the starting 15? Um, so I just kind of, you started breaking onto the starting 15 and then up to the present day, what was the... Did you, the link there or did you start playing did you get a start um, right away for the yeah. first few years as we were in and out of the team we'd be subs some days and then we'd be on the starting 15 other days um, um, when did we start properly um, yeah we did like that yeah there was a few yeah. um, I remember the first year I remember the first time getting a start um, it was just unreal <laughs> like the pace of the game was so much faster than a minor game um, and then even like when you're used to coming on as a sub as well in the senior game like it's only for like a couple of minutes so I remember the difference in playing a full game to only coming on as a sub and um, yeah I think we played, yeah. we played a few games in our first year um, but it was definitely we we're in and out for a while first until we we earned our spot I suppose yeah, I think yeah. I think Gaelic football nowadays as well like the standard is so high and fitness wise like most girls don't play the full game, um, so like especially if you're like even you know midfielders or wing backs and forwards, you know you're running all the time. So I suppose if you give your max for like forty minutes, forty five minutes, and then you know rotate on because like the the strength of like a full panel now is is unreal. It's actually yeah. hard to pick a starting fifteen. Yeah, it really, is. the standards improving all the time. And you would say through the last couple of years, just for those that mightn't be be aware, um. How did you get on with Mayo? I, I, I know you didn't, you didn't win the All-Ireland, but it was close over the last couple of years. Do you want to give an overview of how that went? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we were there, thereabouts for a few years. Like, we've, we've got to many, like, semi-finals, uh, quarter-finals, semi-finals. We got to final in 2017, um, but never quite got the reward for it. But, um, yeah, it's always been... It's always been kind of like that. And then the Connacht final, um, Galway is always a good competitor there. Um, so we haven't fed them now in a while either. So <laughs> we'd like to beat them as well. But um, yeah, we've always been in the top, I suppose, three or four teams in the, in the country over the last few years. Um, but yeah, we would, we would like to get an All-Ireland medal in the next few years. Definitely. 
Very good, very good. And when I was looking into to the both of you, one thing that kept popping up was the unbelievable goal you scored. Neil opened up the defence. I think it was against, was it Galway or was it Dublin in the it was in Park? Yeah, but that was actually last year in the semi final. Um, we ended up losing that game by a point, but um, could have done with another goal, uh, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I suppose just. Yeah, we, that was that was a tight game that day. Yeah. I think that levelled it, and then um, they went on, and Roisin Leonard for them got a, a savage free kick from nearly forty-five meters out, and that got them through. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I suppose on on leading on from from that point uh, last year, where did and how did the opportunity to to go across to America and play? football professionally come when did that come about or was that in the pipeline for a long time or did it just happen very quickly yes yeah, so um cross coders they're an international recruitment agency um they got on to us they actually got on to us when i was down in ul um so they got on to us the year before we went over um you were teaching and i was in ul at the time so the year that they wanted us to go out, we I was in the middle of the masters and I wanted to finish it, and Eve had to finish her teaching degree, so um, we opted out that year. We didn't want to go, um, but they got on to us. We thought that was our chance, kind of gone then, but they got on to us after that the next year then, and asked us um, to send on vision actually clips of us playing. Um, so we sent on clips, but we didn't really think much more about it, really. But um, they obviously sent the clips to a few clubs, and then we got in touch with a few clubs. Then, kind of like what we're doing here through Zoom, um, we talked to a few clubs, and um, yeah, West Coast Eagles were the team that um, we opted for. They they were really nice on Zoom and really welcoming, and kind of yeah, they really sold the club well and um, football wise facilities professionalism of it and then even outside of football how they help us um it really it's a benefit as a person as well as on the field which kind of meant a lot when you were moving from ireland the whole way over to australia as well it meant a lot yeah like the idea the two of us going out together as well and yeah yeah so that's why we kind of opted for them and it was a good, good match, really. So how was the move over? Like, did you ever kick uh, an Australian football before or what was the setup there? Um, we, we never had until um, we'd been in contact with West Coast. But um, I remember Grace, it was actually Grace's boyfriend got Grace and Ozzy Rule's ball for Christmas. <laughs> so it ended up being a present for both of us. <laughs> but um, yeah, then West Coast sent over clips kind of to get us practicing skills and stuff. And we were lucky that we could practice them together. Um, so we'd kind of the basic skills kind of practice before one out, but like, you know, I don't think we fully like learn properly until you're actually one to one with them out there because there's only a certain amount you can do over Zoom and that. So yeah. um, we did play one tournament in Dublin, um, an Irish tournament because there's a few clubs in Ireland, um, AFL clubs. So we played with West Clare Waves actually. Um, it was nine aside, yeah. yeah. And we just played a tournament up in Dublin. And yeah, we really enjoyed that. Um, it kind of reminded us of like mini sevens um, Gaelic football, um, obviously with an over ball though. But yeah, we really enjoyed that. And um, yeah, so we played a little bit before we went out. That was probably good. So just to kind of get the 
the mindset, you know, in correct before you went out. You know, albeit the, the weather was probably going to be different, but you know, even just playing with that over ball, I suppose, just kind of at least you could visualize it in for the next couple of months before you, you did make yeah, the, exactly. the move over. Um, just on just for just in case people don't know, what's the pro? What's the playing season like? Is it over six months, eight months, or what's the setup over there? Yeah, so we went out at the end of October for preseason, and preseason started in November last year, and it went on right up until like the end of January, and the game started then at the beginning of February till the end of April, supposed to, but it got cut short. Two games cut short actually because of COVID. But um, yeah, there's eight, there was eight games last year meant to be played out. This year there'll be nine games played and then it'll go into a final series for three weeks. So wow. um, that's the way it's, it's played. So it should be finished up by the end of April. Okay. And is it, is it, been, is it back playing now or is it completely done for the, for the year? They have like... Um, a waffle season as well so it's basically like clubs here so all the girls play with clubs as well um, so that season is on now so when the AFL season is over they have a few weeks break and then they go back to playing with their clubs then so it's kind of similar to here in a way um, yeah. Yeah. So they're hoping that the season will go ahead next year um, they're hoping pre-season will, will start probably later in November beginning of, uh, I think later November and then the yeah, the season will go on as normal then. I suppose with the uh, with the COVID, it's just kind of a wait and see, isn't it? It just depends what's yeah. what's around the corner. Um, I suppose just we we kind of touched on this already, but how did you feel making that transition over? I suppose you know the fact that the both of you were going over to the same club, it made it that bit easier. But at the same time, there was a certain level of uncertainty. Yeah, definitely. Like. I know they were sending us vision um, for us to practice, but um, we really didn't know like where we were at compared to the other girls or like what our fitness levels was like compared to them or our strength, all of that. There was so much uncertainty around it, but it definitely made it easier that the two of us had each other because as soon as we were over there, we were practicing together or we were bit, even in the club. Um, um, but we did like a lot of like one-to-one sessions with coaches. So they did a lot of skill sessions with me and Grace for like two days of the week. So we come in for an hour each day before like just their gym sessions. So that really helped like yeah. just even getting the, you know, the proper technique of kicking the ball and just small little things like that made a huge difference. And yeah. then even just kicking with the girls in the shed before going out um, to a training session or the gym as well. Yeah. Just you pick up from even just watching them kicking around as well at the start. So it really eased us into it as well. Like, I remember they were kind of like, don't worry, don't worry, you're not going to get it straight away. And they wanted us to make sure that we were comfortable, like where we were living, um, that we met the girls first and went out for dinner with them, and had barbecues and enjoyed it kind of first and settled in before we got into the like nitty gritty pre-season and all of that. And just give them a tour of the club and where the facilities were. Um, so it was, they eased us into it. It was um, not too bad at the start because um, we were there in the middle of October so we had a few weeks to before pre-season to get into it and what was it like you know going over there and you're going from playing an amateur sport to professional sport not balancing two jobs 
her college and, and, and football, going over there fully concentrating on, on professional football, what you're going over there for. What was it like to get that mindset, to change that mindset? Um, and was, was, the, was there more pressure to perform because it was effectively your job? Yeah, it actually, it was a big change at the start, but I think because everything was new to us, um, it was good that I suppose we didn't have work as well at the start. But um, yeah, definitely like last year, we were both in Dublin, we were working, we were teaching in Dublin and then traveling down to train and we'd be rushing to get out of the pitch. Um, you know, it was all, you were always kind of rushing last year. So it was nice to have kind of loads of time around that and, you know, even meeting the girls outside of training and going to cafes and, you know, just seeing the place as well and recovery um, they've, they've such a huge emphasis on recovery like we have a lot of recovery days and um going to the recovery pools and mindfulness rooms and in just team meetings and stuff like that like there was a lot of video analysis as well so there'd be days where we like say if we were having a recovery day we'd be looking at vision or you know you wouldn't have time to do that with gaelic football you'd be just going straight to teaching or whatever and um, so it was nice to see all of that kind of special as well. It was definitely an opportunity that anyone should really take just to look whether it works out. It doesn't, it doesn't work out for some people, but just to get that opportunity to absorb yourself in a professional setup. Yeah, just to um, see the whole professional setup was, was unreal. Like, yeah. And then, you know, the amount of staff that they had, and they were always kind of looking out for you. And they so much on their wellness team even as well. So there'd be people checking in on you like even outside of the sport too so there was always someone there at the club to, to talk to even there um yeah it was great like it was it was just great to see that even the facilities and everything like that too and the training and environment like that. and have they uh, as um a men's team as well and uh, are uh, they yeah yeah they've a good men's team as well they won many premierships actually yeah. um they're actually playing over in the East Coast at the minute now, so they've shortened their season, but they're playing over in Gold Coast. Um, yeah. So they're playing about five or six games and in, the one venue. in the one venue, yeah, and they, they don't leave that venue like they play all their games there. So it's good to see that it's still going ahead. Yeah. And what, what, you know, what I suppose walking into that training session or into the facilities the first day, what crossed your minds? We were just kind of mind blown by everything. I remember I was just like, looking at Neve and then looking at them, them and saying thank you thank you I said thank you so many times um it was, thanks a million thanks a million yeah um it was just the facilities were top class like you know um like even their their recovery room there's ice baths but there's ice baths of different temperatures and I remember going into that room and thinking wow like there's a massive pool um you know different temperatures of ice baths and then like a thermal pool as well yeah and then like recovery steps underwater as well like was, yeah it's like they thought of everything um like from rehab point of view from from every angle like so there was always stuff to, even if you weren't trained there was stuff to do in the facilities of some sort you know that move over uh, what protocols or what did the club do to to make that transition easier for you yeah so um they yeah, as soon as we landed, um, the coach and the manager, so the, the two main men, um, they were there with bouquets of flowers for us. Australian um, flowers. Australian flowers. <laughs> and 
they brought us straight to our accommodation and showed us around our area um showed us the facilities and they showed us like the main stadium in Perth. So as soon as we got there they were making us feel welcome and mm. showing us about and where to go and who to get help for certain things, who to go to. Um yeah, they brought them giving us like a list of like different places nearby to go to as well. So yeah. if we needed to go to like a certain cafes or certain shops or certain whatever, um they gave us lists of things to to, um, to go to as well yeah. so they're just really helpful with everything and then the, they had stuff organised as well uh, when we got there like to meet the girls um, the next day um, and just to get to know all of them and then our cross-coders agent she actually flew over to Perth as well the next day and we went to Rottenest Island which is an island just off Perth and he showed us around there and you know we were chatting to him a lot and he was kind of just I suppose making us feel at home and making us feel comfortable about playing AFLW and you know he was like whatever you're nervous about you can tell me and um yeah like yeah, informed just, us on different things about you know we we're learning more about the game as well just through talking to him as well and we yeah. just knowing that he was nearby as well and always there and accessible as well was just really nice as well and made us feel kind of welcoming like really straight away from the get-go yeah so there, there was always someone there whenever you, you, you needed something and you kind of knew who to go to for whatever that problem might be or wherever you wanted to go. Um, I suppose, you know, when you went over, were you living together or were you, were you in a house with a few other girls or what was the makeup? Yeah, so we actually lived in like um, apartments and it was, we were in a two-bedroom apartment and then two doors down was two other girls on the team as well. And they came over from like Melbourne and Adelaide. So um, we were beside them, which was great. And then there was a few girls that were around the same area as us, but just down the road from us as well. So um, yeah, we lived pretty close to all the girls, but yeah, me and Grace had our own apartment and then uh, two girls were just next door to us too. So it was, it was great. Yeah, we were living in a lovely area um, and yeah, the beach was just across the road and everything. So it was great for recovery too. So yeah, it was, it was lovely. And... When you went over, um, you know, obviously you, you played the forwards in Ireland. What was your positions in, in Australia and how did you fit into those positions? Yeah, so I was still a forward in Australia and Neve, because Neve is a wing forward at home. So she was playing as a winger over there, which is kind of like a midfielder, midfield winger. So, um, yeah, it was, um, it's still different to home. Like it's not... Like a forward there is not the same as being a forward at home. Like at home, you're like, when the midfielders kick the ball into you, you're expected to get it and score and, you know, or give it off or go again. But um, in AFL, you don't get as many touches of the ball because the midfielders are like scrumming in the centre and then they don't have time to like look up. They just have to kick it because mm-hmm. they could be tackled. So you're just like, you don't run it everywhere, hoping, hoping to get the ball, but um, you don't have time on the ball. I think so, that's probably one of the biggest differences. Is you yeah. just don't have that time to actually take on the ball or take on your player. Yeah. Um, you have to get rid of it straight away. So you need to be looking around you and know your surroundings kind of before you get into the ball and like know that there's someone off you to pass it to or else yeah. you have to kick it into the forward. So that was the biggest difference, really. Um, we probably got caught on that a little bit like in the practice matches and even in the first game or two as well 
would probably hold on to the ball a little bit too much but um like you know you just don't have that time you have to give it away straight yeah. away and did, yeah did you find that probably the biggest change those match scenarios you can never really prepare yourself for that i suppose yeah it's definitely yeah the match scenarios that was definitely the biggest change um and i remember i attempted to bounce the ball a few times and it went like way forward as well um, so that was a bit of a change um because that training you'd be like oh i can definitely bounce this grand but then when you get into match trip you're obviously sprinting with your highest velocity so bouncing the ball you need to be able to to do it when you're sprinting as well so that's that was a bit of a change but um as soon as like like the last few games we were kind of getting more into it um as we got on so it's kind of a pity that it ended like it ended we had two more games to play i think we did um so it ended a bit early but um yeah we really enjoyed it though we were learning kind of each game as you played i think obviously as well like the physicality was the major difference too um you know, like we'll have to lean back a little bit now. We go back to Gaelic. <laughs> you can't be going in, um, tackling like this. You know, you can grab them anywhere really, and just you know, grab them to the floor really. So, um, and we actually cool. we love that physicality part of it because you know you can really get stuck into it. Yeah, but um, that was a big challenge at the start. Definitely when we got tackled for the <laughs> first time, we were like, "What is going on?" <laughs> and which one of you um, was told that you're going to be a stalker? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was told that before coming out. Um, I have no idea what they meant by that. Uh, but it's actually just um, a bit of a tactic that's used. Um, I actually ended up not playing that role. Um, they found someone else to be the stalker. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I didn't have to play that role in the end. But, yeah. So just just so people just so people are aware, a uh, stalker is actually a position on the field. Is it or? or it was a tactic on the field. So if a ball is thrown up to the midfielders, um, the forwards have to be in certain positions. Um, so then a stalker is someone who is like just outside the midfielders who are ready to then get the ball um, yeah. if there's a break from the midfielders. So you're like stalking the play. Um, if the midfielder is like just there to get it after the midfielders. So, um, I probably could explain that a bit better, um, but <laughs> no, that's no, it in a nutshell. You know that 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 makes sense. Yeah, just kind of raise the points on the on the ball when when the opportunity arises. Um, so yeah, that that definitely must have been worrying at the start when you heard it. Heard yeah. it. Um, I, I suppose on the intensity and the physicality side of things, how did you prepare yourself physically? Um, because obviously it was going to be you know another step up from. Uh, high level football in Ireland. How did you, you know, did you get a new training regime before you went over? What was the the scenario? Yeah, so the training wise, it's actually not that much different to Gaelic. Um, not that much different at all. Um, like our running sessions would be similar, and even our strength sessions as well. So we'd have three strength in during preseason. We'd have three strength sessions. A week and then three pitch sessions which would be similar enough to Gaelic but then in the, easy, the in season then we'd have two gym sessions and um, we'd have a game and one training session pitch session so um, that's also similar to Gaelic so um, there was no real difference only like different, different types of runs, different types of runs maybe or 
in the gym, different lifts that we'd be doing. And, and it was all monitored like in the gym. So um, the strength and conditioning coach knew what, like, you were, what you were lifting on the Tuesday and what you'd be lifting like on the Thursday. And um, when you're at the gym, like there's a few S&C coaches there. So they know like they're looking at your form, they're looking at um, all of those kind of aspects. So there was just so much staff to like make sure that you perform to your best. Um, and similarly, like in the pitch sessions, and like if, if Grace was running, just say she ran 10 kilometers on a Monday, they'd make sure that she ran maybe six kilometers on a Wednesday. So they were constantly monitoring your GPSs and they might, if, if Grace just say had reached 10 kilometers on a, Wednesday, on a Monday, they would maybe just take her out of the sprints or something at the end of the session on Wednesday. So they were just always monitoring. Like we do have GPSs with, with Mayo as well. So it's quite similar, like in that regard, like it's getting more professional Gaelic is definitely, but um, they just had more staff to, I suppose, monitor the real detail, um, you know, of the GPS stats. I suppose that was the biggest difference. Really. Yeah. Well, I'd say fitness-wise, like Gaelic footballers here are, are as fit as Australians out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like work rate and everything and the standard. Yeah. Like standards very similar. Training sessions the exact same really. Um, I just think that uh, like Gaelic would be it's more of nearly of a quick game. Um, like AFL would be more stop-start because there's a lot more stoppages and yeah. you catch the ball, you've seven seconds to to stop and look around and, and pick your pass. So. Obviously, with Gaelic, when you get the ball, you have to keep moving. Do you want to tell us something about or what the culture was like in, you know, with the West Coast Eagles and how did they do things to improve the culture or maintain the culture? Yeah, so they reminded me of Mayo a bit. Like, Mayo was a, like a mad Gaelic football-obsessed county. Um, and West Coast was very similar. Like, the fans were obsessed with West Coast. Anything to do with West Coast, they'd have scarves, flags, badges, the whole lot. <laughs> Um, they'd be taking photos and signing, they'd be signings all the time and they're just AFL mad. Um, so in that regard, the culture is like, football culture is the whole culture of Perth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the girls, let's say like, yeah, it was real like a training, it'd be so upbeat and there'd be music playing and um, like after a training session, like, you know, the high fives after yeah. every single drill. Like we've been going over and you'd be high fiving someone. I mean, Grace at the start just could not get her heads around the fact that people are high fiving yeah. after every drill. Um, like in Gaelic, we just don't do that. We'd be like, come on, I'm just yeah, keep going. Keep going. But yeah. uh, that was the difference. Yeah, like, it's different vibes. Yeah, yeah. But it was good. It was, um, yeah, like that positive encouragement really like gets you going. Like, it, especially for, say, running, if you're on your 10th Maz run or whatever of your last set. And you're absolutely in a heap, um, but no, there's always pushing someone on. pushing you on, and yeah, high five you, even though you can't even lift your hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it's the it's the 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 kept the positive views maintained throughout, no matter what the the situation. No matter was. what the situation, yeah. But we can bring that across and forget it even more so now. Yeah. So, yeah. You yeah. Know, things like positive. I was going to ask what what stuff you know did you learn over there with regards to culture that you might be able to to bring into the Mayo? Would the singing be one part of it after games? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and celebrating after scoring. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Sinead um, Cathy um, does a bit of that anyways in our change room. She's the speaker on all of the time. <laughs> um, 
Um, but yeah, there's a bit of that with Mayo anyways, yeah. you know, like we always have the, the speaker on and we always have the tunes going. So, um, and like we would be upbeat and all that at training, just the one thing we wouldn't be high-fiving, you know, on the field. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's definitely parts that you could bring across, like even just from witnessing like how girls train and how they, yeah, how they just even, yeah, meet yeah. up like all of the time outside of training. We do that with the girls anyways, but I suppose when you're working, we probably didn't have the time to do yeah. that all the time. But um, there's definitely things, just small things you can bring across. Like. Yeah, I'd say the culture really, like the positive side of it, like um, just resili- mental resilience, like the girls were, I thought they were very resilient. And no matter what situation, um, like we, our club were a new team this year, so we didn't have the, we didn't win. We won one game out of them all, um, but we knew it was like a building block. So like everyone was new and everyone just knew each, like only just knew each other. So we're building the foundation. We're building really, the foundation, yeah. Um, but the positivity was always there. Like they took the positives from each and every game, and where we were improving all the time. So um, that's definitely one of the aspects I'd I take across as well. And Mayo over the last couple of years. You know, after losing a lot of players to Australian football, um, whether it's the 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 lad side of things or the lady side of things, what makes the Mayo people different than the the rest of the country? Because they they seem to be the county that's getting worse hit in both codes. Yeah, I think the two girls that went out um, before, just say me, Grace, and Hayley this year, so Cora and Sarah. You know, they got on very well out there um, in the first year or two. And um, they went out, we went out through cross-coders, so it was like a different programme to how they went out. Um, and then you had the men's, like the Handleys, Pierce and Keen Handley as well. You know, they were out there too, and they've been very successful too. And um, we're actually following Pierce a little bit there during the week because he's playing over in Gold Coast. So, like, it's great to see, um, you know, Mayo athletes out there and think, you'll always kind of look out for male athletes even, you know, or male people when you're away from home as well, so. I suppose when they started, they started playing, they were playing well out there, so they were probably like, oh, where are these people? I'm not really sure, to be honest. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. I, I kind of wish you on the spot there, sorry about that. Um, so, I suppose, look, you know, I suppose that uh, Grace more so you 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 dealt with that setback there with your with your knee. Um, how did how do do the both of you deal with setbacks in your career or in your career, in or in your your working life? Then, do you think your mindset has changed since you went to you went off to Australia? Yeah. So actually, like a couple of years ago, I I wouldn't have been as good as dealing with setbacks as I am. I'd say now. Um, like I was very hard on myself whenever I made a mistake on the pitch or whenever anyone made a mistake on the pitch I'd be blaming myself kind of first I was just like a bit of a perfectionist like um, but I definitely learned from setbacks like we've with Mayo we've gotten we've done so well but we've never like won the All-Ireland so we've dealt with a lot of setbacks where we've been nearly there and then we'd fall short so um, definitely I've um been dealing with them a lot better um every year so i think it's through experience really you have to you have to i suppose deal you have to deal with it so um i think 
I don't really know. Like, if, you know, I'd always look at the bigger picture, you know, and yeah. it's important to always have like a, a, pos- a positive mindset, you know, and think that, you know, this has happened for a reason. This is something I can learn from, um, you know, and always look at the bigger picture. I think it's just, just keep yeah. positive, you know, it's, it's happened to you for a reason and you can learn from it. So. And with my knee as well, like, um, I kind of automatically looked at the positives, like, what can I do to improve myself? Even though I can't run, what can I do? I can definitely build strength in my upper body. I can definitely um, stretch more and do some yoga. Um, and I was like, I have so much time to do it as well during the COVID. Um, so I set loads of little goals for myself and just ticking them off each time. So I think it's really important to set goals for yourself, no matter how big or small they are. Um, it just gives you a focus as well. Do you think, you know, for, for both of you, um, getting that opportunity to, say, play professionally, do you think that have or has changed your, your mindset on, on everything, on life, really? Do you think it was really um, a life-changing experience, get that opportunity, albeit it was only for a couple of months because of COVID? But... Yeah, I think, like, we, we learned a lot about ourselves as well from, from going over to Australia as well because... Yeah. You know, I think just, yeah, like we different perspectives even and how they look on things as well. Like you learn a lot from even traveling as well. So, um, and then just training in a professional environment too. So, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, out there at the moment, is what you have the, you have the 2020 campaign, you know, the increased participation um, of girls playing sports. How important do you think it is? And, you know, 2020 is obviously for, for the 2020 year, which is now, and obviously we have COVID, but do you think it, it is a very good program and do you hope to see something like that will, will happen going forward? Yeah, 2020 is an, ex- an excellent campaign. Um, you know, they're always doing stuff in the background to even increase the visibility of women in sport and um, even the likes of like TG Cahar and Lidl as well, like there's so much in the background to increase standards and increase like visibility and even just, you know, casting games on, on the TV as well. But actually, 2020, they, um, they had a campaign that came out today as well, um, just, again, promoting women in sport. I think it's just so important that, you know, the more exposure people have to women in sport as well, just, you know, more people, younger people like the girls at a younger age would be more inclined to take on sport. And it doesn't even have to be Gaelic, it can be any type of sport at all, like any type of exercise, just as long as they enjoy it. But um, I think it's just important that they see, I suppose, women you know, playing sports and, and doing well and enjoying it and see that that can be a pathway for them as well when they grow up. Very good, very good. And hopefully hopefully that will, will continue um, and, you know, the participation of women in sport will, will increase um, because I think it is very important. Um, so, look, f- from the both of you, uh, uh, what's the aspirations going forward in, in career and in sport? you know over the next couple of years what would you hope to achieve i suppose from a very young age um we've always dreamed of playing with mayo and we've been playing with mayo for a long time now but we've had no senior all-ireland so that is the main the main goal we'd love to win an all-ireland um with mayo and that's the main one and then i suppose from a career aspect we're both primary school teachers the club as well it's a nice one a club yeah. county title as well definitely um that'll be another one in there as well yeah definitely um even all ireland <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, so that's from a football point of view. And then I suppose career-wise, we're both primary school teachers, so um, go back primary teaching. Or I've done a master's now in sports performance and I've been to Australia, so I know what the setup is like in a sports performance environment. So I don't mind kind of going into that, that role either. So um, there's two kind of options there. See, um, see, I suppose, see what the future holds. Yeah, exactly. Um, Look, I, I, what do you think, Neve? Do you have anything else to, to say to that? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same as Grace there. Yeah, we're, um, we can't do us. Yeah, we've been doing like a lot of like small short courses as well, kind of over the COVID as well. And I'm actually starting a new course on like sports psychology because I just find like all that so interesting and like on the mind and how you can, you know, motivate yourself and how like athletes' minds work. So. I'm really looking forward to kind of starting that as well. So maybe if I enjoy that, I might continue on maybe more into that field. But um, no, I think at the minute, just, yeah, I'm enjoying the time at the minute in football and hopefully in Non-Ireland will be. <laughs> exactly. And I suppose it's important, I suppose, just for people listening as well, that, you know, there's so much going on at the moment with, the, with COVID-19 and there's so much uncertainty. Um, I suppose it is important to live in the moment as well because, you know, anxiety can take over your life very quickly and that leads to a lot of mental health issues. Would you, would you agree with that or what would be your feeling on that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, because if the more you think, the more your head just goes around in circles and, like, there's nothing you can do about the future. So um, the time, the time is, will go regardless. So you're as well to just live in the present and... Do what you can, um, and again, just look at the bigger picture. And we're all in the same boat, and just you know, keep doing your daily things every day, and have something to look forward to as well. Yeah. Well, for look, Grace and Eve, thanks very much for taking the time out and coming on an Inside You podcast. I really, really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks Jamie. very much thanks for having us as well. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Grace and Eve and. It is very, very clear that chatting to the board of them that they're very grateful for the opportunity of going to Australia and play football at a professional level. Being exposed to a professional setup uh, is something very few people here in Ireland have the opportunity of doing. Um, focused, determined, and motivated are all qualities that are evident in this interview. Reaching their lifelong dream of winning All Ireland with Mayo would definitely be well deserved from my David Stars. Their next role model for any aspiring footballer out there. From everyone here at Inside View Podcast, we would like to wish both Neve and Grace the very best look going forward. That is all from us on this week's episode. Please do get in co- contact with the show if you have any stories from being part of a team, whether it's a sports team or a corporate team, please do let us know. Don't worry, everything will be kept confidential. Don't forget to rate, review, Tell your friends about Inside View Podcast and do get in touch with us on any of our social media channels. You'll find us on Instagram at underscore on the ball team building. Over on Facebook, we are on the ball team building and on Twitter at we are on the ball too. That is the digital. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in next week when we have another exciting guest on. Till then, do stay safe and remember. Cred in at the fan. Talk to you all soon.